Kia ora Charlotte. Yes, meat processors are still working through old season lambs and expect to be short start for the upcoming peak cull. AgriHQ's latest update says some lambs have been sent back to farms because of processing constraints. Alliance spokesperson Danny Hale says they haven't had to send lambs back, but farmers are currently experiencing wait times of 10 to 14 days. We have got a, a carryover at the moment in terms of processing old seasoned lambs and some of the new lambs. But what we'll do is we've got our lawnable plant, which will start uh, next week, and we've got the Smithfield plant restarting after its maintenance shutdown. It will be starting on the, the week of the 28th of November. And so we will be ramping up very quickly. So any backlog that we have, we think will be cleared pretty swiftly. Mr Hale says the border reopening has eased labour pressures slightly, but finding enough staff to run at full capacity is still difficult. There's a few fish hooks with bringing in labour from overseas. It's not a it's not a straightforward thing. There's also a timing issue too. So we're uh, doing our best to get labour in from overseas in a way that suits our seasonal ramp up. The reality is that we won't necessarily have the numbers of people in from overseas at the time that we want. They'll be a little bit later. So that's not ideal. But certainly having access to some labour from overseas is better than having none. Silver Fern Farms expects its labour situation to be marginally better than last season, but says farmers should still expect delays. Chief Supply Chain Officer Dan Bolton says the company has bought workers in from overseas. However, the numbers are relatively small compared to the overall workforce. He says farmers need to prepare for the season to be longer due to those labour constraints, so they should remain in contact with their livestock representatives. As you may have heard in the business news, seafood company Sanford has reported a net profit after tax of $55.8 million. That's nearly a $40 million increase on last year, but includes the sale of the company's crayfish quota back in April. Sanford's wild catch division had increased revenue of 8.8% on last year, while profits in the salmon division grew by just over 20%. However, Chief Executive Peter Reedy says the mussel business is struggling. For the last two years now in a row, we haven't made any money out of mussels. The first year, that was around market price. So mussels are sold in food service restaurants throughout the world. Uh, Those restaurants were closed, so, so the price collapsed. This last 12 months, it's been more about the supply chain side. So getting the product out of the water and getting it processed and off to market has been very challenging in the in the in the context of covid lockdowns sick employees and labor but mr reedy says there's huge growth potential for the muscle business both in volume and value we have a cost of product problem and a distribution and supply chain problem and those are things that are within our control So they give me grounds for optimism. We've gone significantly better this year than we have last year. And that's a trajectory we want to keep working on and improving. And I think the numbers, should that be the case, you'll find that Sanford remains a very sound business. It's the oldest uh, listed public company on the New Zealand Stock Exchange. We're proud of that history and we want to make sure that we're on it for longer than anyone else going forward. And should we do what we plan to do, that will be the case. Peter Reedy says he's pleased with the overall financial results considering the challenges of the last year and expects profits to grow growing forward. 
To other news, the Waikato Regional Council is confident there is no established population of wallabies in the coastal Moko area, despite a female joey, a female with a joey being found there in July. The discovery sparked a two-month search of 4,000 hectares. Head of the council's wallaby control program, Dave Byers, says whenever there is a reported sighting of the pest, the council has to investigate regardless of how widespread the reported area is. Generally we're searching over 300,000 hectares over the next two years uh, just to try and find out how far the population has spread or where we have what we call little satellite populations. Um, so when we have one like Mokau pop up, uh, it's clearly way too far away from the containment area over toward the Bay of Plenty to have got there by itself. Um, so it must have been assisted in getting there. Mr Byers says the, re- the search cost the council $40,000, funds which could have been better spent elsewhere. But he says it's great it was reported as wallabies can cause huge damage to the environment. If this female uh, wasn't reported, um, it was initially reported to the Department of Conservation, if that hadn't happened, if that individual hadn't been vigilant, uh, then, then we just wouldn't have even known that that was there. Um, the joey could have grown up and that could have been the start of a breeding population in that area. So uh, it was fantastic that uh, a member of the public, a resident out there, had the foresight to pass that on. That's Dave Byers from the Waikato Regional Council. And lastly, surveillance efforts are being ramped up against the exotic fruit fly. The pest, which can cause huge damage to fruit and vegetable crops, has been detected half a dozen times in surveillance traps, but has been successfully eradicated each time. There's already more than 7,800 fruit fly traps stationed across the country, but Biosecurity New Zealand is trialling 60 new state-of-the-art traps. Spokesperson Dr Carolyn Bleach says New Zealand's defence efforts are already world-class but the growth in global trade and travel increases the chances the fruit fly could be found here again. This season we're trailing 60 additional rapid aim traps that have been deployed across 11 Auckland suburbs to target the Queensland fruit fly. These are high-tech traps and they're sensor-based and so the idea is that it's real-time detection of the Queensland fruit fly so that we can respond quickly if, if we get an alert and uh, start our response. She says anyone who thinks they've found an exotic fruit fly should catch it, take a photo and report it online or by calling the Biosecurity New Zealand hotline. And that's the rural news for today. Koe rā te purongo o te tai whenua.